<clears throat> okay, let's start our discussion of Parshas Vayikra, Sefer Vayikra, a new Sefer, a new stage in our Shirim, Sefer Vayikra, Tavshin Ayin Dalid, and we will start and talk at length, focusing on the first Pasuk in the Parsha. There's a lot to say about the first Pasuk, and that'll be uh, the crux of what we talk about <coughs> tonight. But we start off with a couple of general ideas relating to Karbanas. After all, that is the first part of Sefer Vayikra. People think that all Vayikra is about Karbanos. After the first couple of Parshios, it's not about Karbanos. Tazriya Mitzvah is about Tum of Atara. And then after that, it's general Mitzvos. The Avod of Yom Kippurim, the Parsha of the Moadim and Parsha's Emar, many, many Mitzvos. The Sefer is chock full of Mitzvos, Vayikra, but the first part is about Karbanos. And that's where we begin. Starting off with the second Pasuk, and then we'll get back to the first Pasuk. Torah tells us that Hashem called to Moshe, Vayitaber Hashem Elav, He called to Moshe, keep in mind that this is really a continuation of the end of the previous Parsha. Pekudeh, after the Mishkan was built, Hashem's Anan, the Hashras Hashchina occurred on the, or in the Mishkan, and then Moshe waited until he was summoned, until he was called by Kaddish Baruch Hu to come into the Olamoid. Vayikra El Moshe, Vayitaber Hashem Elav, Me'ol Mo'ele, Mar Hashem talks to him and says, Give them these following instructions. Now you see in source number one, A man who sacrifices from you a carbon for God, from any of these animals, you shall bring the carbon. So start off with a drush from the Apterov, the Oev Yisrael, <coughs> known as the Oev Yisrael, being that was his mahus. He loved every fellow Jew. Says the Aftarav. If you read it, between the lines, Adam kiakriv mikem. If somebody brings a carbon mikem, what does that mean? Kishenachon ha'adam la'akriv la'hatman Hashem yisparach me'atzmo u'mibesaro b'mesiris nefesh. If somebody brings a carbon and feels the message of the carbon, mikem, from inside of you, from inside each of us, so then that's a carbon Lashem. Then that could be the proper message that we're supposed to get from Karbanos. It's as if we gave ourselves, as the Ramban talks about, that we've touched on, touched on in, in previous years, that when the carbon, the actions of the carbon, every detail of the carbon is supposed to give us an insight into Mesiris Nefesh, as if we are being the carbon. Like the first carbon that was brought Yitzchak Avinu, the Akedah. So, ki akriv mikem, if we give from ourselves, and we learn the messages, karban lashem, that is considered a karban lashem. But if it's just mina behema, mina bakru, mina tzon, but if it's just an animal, we don't get that, we don't realize the uniqueness and the message and the details of what it's supposed to teach us. So then, takriv is karban chem, that it's just a karban of yours. It's not the karban lashem. It's not what we're supposed to get out of it. Then we're, then we're doing the outside, the outside external requirements, but we're not getting what we're supposed to get out of these mitzvos. And we explain this through a mashal. Dubna Magid, here you have it from the Panini Torah, quotes the Dubna Magid in a mashal. Roetzon shokachas tarmilo. There was a shepherd that lost his sack. Lost his sack, his satchel. And he was starving. He left his, his lunch. He lost his lunch. He's starving in the middle of the day. So you know what? I'm just going to leave for five minutes. So he leaves his sheep and he goes to get a bite to eat. What's, what's he supposed to do? He's starving. 
Okay, he comes back to the pasture. And as you would have known, Baloma says, so no. His sheep have, have gone somewhere. Where are my sheep? Starts looking all around. Where are my sheep? And they told him, they jumped over the fence. They went into the field to the pasture of the, of the prince of the city. They, they, they trampled on his special flowers and roses. They ruined his garden. And big trouble. When the, when the prince found out about it, he took them. He says, these are now my sheep. I'm taking them. He says, what am I going to do? Not only did I cause him problems, I don't even have my sheep. I don't know what to do. He goes to the Ziklai ear. He says, do you have any ideas? If any ideas for me, how could I do, how could I save face? What could I do? Viamarlo, Kiaduolo Shilafnamis Parshanim. It was no they say, I'm not sure. But it was known from a, before, a few years ago. Karam Mikrem said there was a similar case that occurred. The Oso Haroe, Shechachem Haya, there was another Roe that was here, Kana Ugamafuaret, he brought a beautiful cake. And he went to the Tsar and he brought him a present and he apologized. I'm sorry, it wasn't my fault. It won't happen again. Please, please. And the Tsar found it in his heart to forgive him and let the sheep go. So the Roa hears this like, okay, great. Now I know what to do. He goes to buy the cake. He goes to buy all the other presents and he goes to the Tsar. He wants to do the same thing as he heard the other shepherd did. But once he gets there, the Sar, the prince, had gone out. He wasn't in the palace. He went to another city. So what's he supposed to do now? The Roa, the shepherd, says, that's okay. He left the cake on the table right next to the throne. He went in. He opened up the place where a sheep was. He took the sheep and he went home. When the Tsar comes back home, we're almost finished with the mashal. He says, "What's going on? Where are the sheep that I took?" They shivlo. They said, "Well, the shepherd over the, the shepherd came. He left the cake over here, and then he left." He says, "What? He, what? He, the cake is gonna? He thinks he's gonna get the, get the get his sheep back? Call him." They call him back, and he says, "What's the problem? I heard that this is this is what you did a few months ago. This is the same thing." He says, "Show the shavuolam. You, th- you think I need cake? You think I need a present from you? I have everything in the world." The, what I need is is the what's behind the cake. I need what's what's why the cake was brought, the apology and the inner feeling that was expressed through the cake. Don't just leave me the cake and leave. You're missing the whole point. I don't need the cake. We bring karbanos to Kaddish Baruch Hu. Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't need our animals. Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't need any karba, not even a carbon ola, which is hukraf totally agabi amizbeach. He doesn't need it. Kodesh Baruch Hu wants what goes along with the carbon. He wants the vidui. He wants the divrei shevach that are said with the carbon shlamim. He wants the feelings of inspiration that we have by seeing the kohanim and the leviim and the amazing achdus that the Beis Hamikdash brings, that Yerushalayim brings. That's what a Kodesh Baruch Hu is interested in. So that's the Adam Kiyakrev Mikem. If it's a Mikem, if it's from you, it's from, if it's from our inside, then Karban Lashem. That's exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is looking for, and he wants. If it's just a Mena Behemoth, we just left the cake on the table. We left Mena Behemoth, that's not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. He doesn't want just the outside, the externals.
So that gets us into Sefer Vayikra, helping us realize it's all about the symbolism, it's all about the messages of the sanctification of the process of Akravas Akarbanos, and not just going through the motions. Even so, as we move on to the second thought, Karbanos sometimes is somewhat hard for people to swallow, to wrap our fingers on. Again, I might add, the deeper one goes into Hilchas Karbanos, learning Mesechas Zvachim and Menachas, the more one appreciates, as anything in life. Every, the appreciation of any topic is a function of how much I know about the topic. The more I know about it, the more I appreciate it. But it's still somewhat difficult. And there is a well-known comment from Rav Cook. She writes in his Siddur, Olatariya. Also, they put together a number of the Divrei Torah from Rav Cook. It is a for Pinine Haraya, Rav Avram Yitzchak HaKohen Cook. Source number two. They quote the same idea here. Rav Cook says, La'asid lavo bi'emos ha-mashiach, we will not have carbonos of animals. That's the shita of Rav Kook. As we'll see, it's not agreed upon by all, but that's his shita. Where does he get this from? From what we say at the end of every Shmona Esrei. Va'arva Lashem, we daven at the end of our Shmona Esrei. We just did Avoda, which is parallel, takes the place of carbonos, but we want the actual Beis HaMikdash. Va'arva Lashem, Minchas Yehuda. What's Minchas Yehuda? We know mincha is a specific type of carbon. It's a carbon from flour and oil, frankincense. That's what a minchas. Why are we davening? Baruch Hashem, minchas Yehuda. Yerushalayim kimei olam. Says Rav Kook, Harav Mevi, line one, pasuk, in source number two, minchas Yehuda. V'kotev al-kach, iker tam ha-karbon, shel nefesh behema. The iker tam of the carbon is taking an animal and uplifting it in the only way that an animal could be uplifted by using it for a mitzvah. That's the ultimate purpose. Right, remember the Medrash by Elio Bahara Carmel. Elio was up north, right, northwest, near the, on the, the Mount uh, Har Carmel, and the Nevi'e Habal are there, and he's trying to disprove them, and they built him his Beach, and he's about to prove that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the only God, Hashem Elokim. And the Medrash tells us that there were two cows there. One cow was going to be for the Nevi'e Abal, and one cow was going to be for Elioh Navi. And the cow that the Nevi'e Abal were going to take didn't move. Didn't move. They tried to schlep it. They tried to pull it. It didn't move. They didn't know what to do. So the Medrash says that Elioh Navi goes to the cow and says, what's going on here? And the cow says, I'm going to be used for the carpet for the Nevi'e Abal. I'm not moving. And Elioh says, don't worry. The same Kiddush Hashem that you're going to bring, the other cow is going to bring. Together you're going to bring a Kiddush Hashem. That's the ultimate purpose of anything in this, in this world to be used for a mitzvah. And then the cow went, as the Medrash tells us. So says Rev Kook, the Iker Karban is uplifting. Why, don't, why doesn't God believe in human sacrifices? Besides one exception to the rule, to start it all off, which didn't even take place. Why? Human beings have other ways to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We can uplift ourselves. We don't have to be sacrificed. We can have our own self-sacrifice. Mesiris Nefesh. And pushing ourselves for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's the difference between a human being and an animal. An animal has no knowledge. Has no da'as. An animal cannot be uplifted in any other way. How is an animal sanctified? 
Bizman Hazer. No way except being used for a mitzvah. Bizman Hazer to be used for a Sudas mitzvah. Alkein Lotus Aleki Malideshe Yasuba Maisa Laha Alosa Kalil turning over Lashem Ola. How does an animal in this world become sanctified, become uplifted as a carbon? Odama Vachelvashim Iker Machona Nefesh. Masha'in Kain Ba'adam. Lo Lev Mevin. But a man, a human being, has Das. We can learn Torah. We can help understand and appreciate the amazing elements that HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts into this entire universe. Hu yaskil The man will see what happens to it through, through seeing the act of HaKravas HaKarban. He will learn And through his knowledge, he will get close to God in that way. But says Rav Kook, La'asid lavo, when Mashiach comes, Amar HaKasuf. The Pasuk describes, Sheshefa hadas yemalei afilu bebehemos. There will be so much das in the world, even the animals will have das. Even the animals will be affected. Shemikra malehu, lo yirevalo yashchisu, b'chalar kachi. What does the Pazak say describing Yemosa Mashiach? Kimalaharis Deas Hashem, the whole world will be full of das. Kemayan Liyama Chasim, like the water covers. If you pour water in a certain area, water covers the whole area. Knowledge of God will be so prevalent and so exposed and so explicit that even the animals will be affected and infected by, by the das of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Karigama Beimos Vachayis Yaskilu. As the Pasuk says, in Cain, animals, maybe they won't be on the same level, but they'll be on the level of a being who can be uplifted through their mind and not just through the sacrificing of their bodies. Al Cain, that's why Rev Cook says, Lo There will even be an Isser. And the only Karbanos that we will bring are the flower carbonos, the flour and the oil from the growers. Shehulo yaskel od, the plants and the trees, they're not going to have das yet. Not going to be that far. Alkain, that's why we say, minchas Yehuda, That's why the focus is the mincha. That's Rav Kokshita, and there are others that follow his shita as well. He even continues, this part is not in his sitter, but it was put together here in this collection, that I, what about all the psukim in the Torah? Say the, the Kohanim bring the Karbanos. The Kohanim, the Kohanim, the Kohanim bring the Karbanos. So he says, well, maybe it's connected to the Medrash. There's a, there's a Zohar that says that Lavo, the Avodah is going to go back to the firstborns. Remember, originally it was by the firstborns until the firstborns lost it by the Chet Egel. And then it was given to Shevet Levi. So there are some sources that say it's going to go back to the firstborns. Maybe... Says Rav Koki Kalimit, when the Torah says, oh, Vayikra Tzav, all of these parshios, the Kohanim are doing the Avodas HaBehemos, that's true. But when there's only Avodas HaMincha, maybe that'll be a time when it'll be go back to the, to the first parts. Either way, that's a Hosafat in the next part, the next section, but that is all Rav Kook's idea. Not everyone agrees to this. First of all, there's no evidence to this in Chazal. Not too much. Where does Chazal say this? We assume that mitzvahs are not going to change with a few exceptions. Rav Kook says this is one of the exceptions. But the Rambam seems to say that it's, that it's not going to change. We just cannot appreciate the world of Karbanos properly until we have, until we study it and then we'll be awed 
and awestruck by the base of Migdash. But the Rambam says, in when the Rambam describes Yimosa Mashiach, what is Mashiach going to do? The Rambam says, source number four, HaMelech HaMashiach, Asid La'amod, Ulahachzer Malchus Beisavali Yoshna. Melech HaMashiach will come and bring Malchus Beis David back. He will be a member of Malchus Beis David. He is going to be a descendant of David HaMelech's family. The Yashana HaMemshala HaRishona. He will bring back the first Memshala. There's even a fascinating Machlokas Achronim. The Minchas Chinuch discusses this. The rule is that if you have a king, the son of a king, he won't have to be anointed if there's no Machlokas about it. Shlomo HaMelech did not have to be anointed because he was straight from... From David, if you have a king after a king, once there's a machlokas about it, then there has to be an anointing. But if it's king after king, no machlokas. Lachara, there's not going to be a machlokas when Mashiach comes. All Jews are going to, hopefully, Bez Hashem, that's what we believe, are going to come and unify behind one leader. Right, Mashiach. He might not even have to be anointed, but we call him Mashiach the anointed one. It's an interesting, just a parenthetical point. We call him Mashiach, but he might not even need Mashiach. But either way, the Ramam says, Mashiach is going to come and bring back Malchus based David. Ubone Mikdash. And he will help build the base HaMikdash. Umikabetz Nitchei Yisrael. And he will also have a hand in gathering in all the exiles. The Chosrin Kala Mishpatim Biyamav Kishayimikodim. And all the laws, the early laws are going to return. Makrivin Karbanos. There it is. Doesn't limit it to carbonous mincha. He will bring carbonos. And we'll have Shemitah v'yovel again. We have Shemitah today, but we'll have yovel. But call me. And the Rambam adds. So even just that one phrase is against Rav Kook. But the Rambam continues. If anybody does not believe this, in the Mashiach, in the mitzvot. Or does anyone not wait and yearn for his coming? He is not just denying other prophecies. You're not only rejecting Nevuos, you're rejecting the Torah. If we don't believe and hope and yearn for it. The Torah itself at the end of Sefer Tvarim. What does the Torah say? Hashem will help return all of those who are distant. Is described in the end of Sefer Tvarim. We have to believe it. We have to hope for it. The Elu Dvarim HaMefurashim BaTorah Everything it says in the Torah includes everything that was said afterwards. Parsha's Bilam, he says, alludes to two Mashiachs that are going to come. But that's the Rambam. Yes, Mashiach, Hakravas Karbanas, the Rambam seems to say it. Either way, we hope for it in any case. Whether there will be Karbanas, whether there will be limited area of Karbanas, either way, that is something that must be on our radar. Just once we have this here, I mentioned in the past, but I can't not mention it, the thought of the smock. The Sefer Mitzvah's Katon in Surah number 5, one of the Rishonim who have their own list of Taryag Mitzvahs. The smock, the smog, the chulu. Says the smock, in the first Mitzvah, he has a simple question. Simple question. We know we're all going to be asked six, at least six questions, La Salavo, after 120 years. As the Gemara says in Shabbos, we eaten for Torah. Did we, were we honest in business? Right? Did we work to build a, uh, a family? All the mitzvos, all the uh, the questions. Says the smak. By every question, 
we know where the source for that question is in the Torah. Did you, were you covered in the Torah? There's a mitzvah, Talmud Torah. Right? Did you, said it, were you honest in business? There's a mitzvah of, you know, not stealing. There's a mitzvah of midbar sheker tirchak. There are, law, there are, there are sukkim in the Torah that tell us about that. Or, right, asakim viri virivya, there's a mitzvah puravu. Where does it say in the Torah that I have to hope for Mashiach? Sipisal Yeshua. Did you hope for the salvation? Where does it say that in the Torah? That I have to hope for Mashiach. Why can't I be a great, perfect Jew? I'll keep all the mitzvos, all 613 I'll keep. And I won't hope for Mashiach. I'll say, this is, this is the best. This is where Hashem wants me. I'm not going to hope for Mashiach. Where does it say that I have to hope for Mashiach? What's the source in the Torah of Ani Mamin Babiyas Mashiach? Says the Smak in the first mitzvah. It's part of Emunah. Leida, let's read the smack at the beginning, then we'll get to our question. Leida, she'oso, she'bara, she'mayim, va'aretz, hu levado, moshel, malo, umata. We must believe that the same one who created the world is in, is in control of the world. The bore is the mashgiach. Ubedalad ruchos and is in charge of everything. Anochi Hashem alokecha, shorotzei sicha, v'yadata ayom, you have to know that I'm in charge. And he says, line four, la'afuke mina philosophim, to exclude the das of the philosophers. Sha'amru sha'olam no heg may a love. Right, and now, maybe there was a creator, but now autopilot. Cruise control. Right, Hashem's on, is on cruise, once in a while he's got to stop the cruise control. But really it's cruise control. He's not in, in, intricately involved in every, in every detail. No, no, no. Emuna is that he was the Bore and he is the, he is the Manhig and he's involved in every miracle throughout history. He took us out of Mitzrayim, but also a lot of call on the flows. Adam no Right? Nothing happens in this world without God's involvement. And now he says our issue. And this is what's related. Shab Islam and Aleph. Sheshoa lin la adam lachar moso. Bishazdino tzipisal Yeshua. Did you hope for the salvation? Vehechan kasuv mitzvazu. Where does it say this mitzvah in the Torah? Hechan kasuv. Shmamina bazet talui. It's part of emuna. Just like we believe Hashem redeemed us, we have an obligation to believe that He will redeem us. Just like God proved it once, we must believe Bemuda Shlema that he was the go he he was Ga'al and he is Yig'al and he will redeem. Shekeshem Shiish Lanu Lahamin, Shahotsianu Mimitsrayim, Dhsiva Nochi Hashem al Kekha Shro se Sikha, I am Hashem Yigada took you out, Al Karchach, Me Achar, Shu Diber, Hachi Kamar, Keshem Shani Rotse, Shitaminu Bi Shani Hotsesiasrem, Kachani Rose Shatabinu Bi, Shani Shalokha Lani Osid, La Kabeta Sremlo Shiasre. So the mitzvah, where is the source for what the Rambam says, you have to believe in it. And Rav Kook, you have to believe in it. Whatever is going to be, the source is Emunah Bashem. The source is, when we know, one of the six mitzvahs tmidios, always belief in God. Every second of our life, we have to also have in the back of our mind, at least, see peace of Yeshua, the hope for a better day, when we will have peace, when we will be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu without any of the subjugations that we have had throughout our existence, throughout our history. Okay. Moving right along. Now let's get to Pasuk Aleph. Those two were more general thoughts about Karbanos. Now we get to Pasuk Aleph. 
and not even Pasuk Aleph, the first word, Vayikra. Vayikra El Moshe. As we know, the first word has a small letter. Vayikra, the Aleph, is written small. Vayikra El Moshe. Why is it written small? So the Balaturim says, and I give it to you, but I'll read it to you. Aleph the Vayikra Zeira the Misora that Sofrim have is to write the Aleph small. Why? There are many times. This one is a famous one. There are many letters in the Torah that is a Misora to write them big, write them small. In Shema Yisrael, we have the Ayin and the Dalit big, right? Aid, witness. There are many psukim, many letters that are big that are small. Here's a famous small one. Why is it small? Says the Balaturim, quoting the Medrash. Shemoshe la liftov Moshe was a tremendous enough. He was very humble. God called me. Vayikra al Moshe. No, no, I don't want to. I don't want to write that. God called me. Vayikra is a lashon of of direction of specific calling. No, Hashem, not me. Vayikra. Moshe didn't want to write the Aleph. He wanted to write Vayikra from the word Mikra. Coincidence. Hashem happened to call me. It's not like I was like so deserving. It wasn't like I did anything. Vayikra. Kaderach, like it says by Bilam. Vayikra. As if, oh, Hashem was here, Moshe was here, it happened, he called me. Hashem says, no. Hashem says, write it. Write the Aleph. So Moshe said, okay, God, we'll compromise. I'll write it small. That's what the Balaturim says, why it's small. Okay, but there's another idea here. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, source number six. Aleph is obviously the first letter of the Aleph base. What does that mean? What does that symbolize? Top of the next page. Being the first of the 22 letters of the Aleph Bays, it is the head, it is the leader of all letters. Not only that, Aleph, Aluf. What's an Aluf in the army? It's an officer. It's a general. An Aluf. A chief. We have in Sefer Bracious all the Alufe Edom, the Alufim in, in Asaph's family. So a small aleph, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, is a contradiction in terms. On the one hand, an aleph symbolizes leadership and greatness and the head and a general, and it's small, and it's tiny. How, how does that work? If the Torah wishes to allude to Moshe's humility, surely this could have been done by making another letter small, not the aleph. The aleph symbolizes leadership and the head. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, no, it's the dafka. Bedafka, the Aleph is small. Why? Dafka in the place where we have the most talent. Dafka in the place where a person feels the best about themselves, that they're so good at something, and we accomplish, and we pat ourselves on the back that we can do it. Dafka in that area, we need humility. It's, gr- it's very easy to be humble be- to, uh, regarding a skill that I don't have. That's very easy because I really don't have the skill. So, you know, who am I going to hold myself above? But in the areas of life where I do have talent, and all of us, each one of us, the Kodesh Baruch Hu gives various kochos and various talents outside the house. In that, we all have different kochos, and we should feel good about ourselves, right? Self-worth. But Dafki in those areas, we also have to realize it's all from God. Kodesh Baruch Hu gives me everything. And Dafka Aleph, in the leadership and where I accomplish, that's got to be small. However, the point here, 
says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, is that a person's greatness and humility should not be two distinct entities. It's not, I'm great here and I'll be humble here. Some people are generally contrite, but when it comes to their field of expertise, then their feelings of humility become temporarily suspended. Right? I'm not humble here. Somebody's the greatest doctor, the greatest uh, businessman. You know, we can be humble in other areas. The Torah is teaching us here that a person's humility, represented by smallness, should be in the very same area as his greatness, represented by the Aleph. His unique talents as a special qualities themselves should lead him to feel humble. Kodesh Baruch gave me these kochos for a reason. I hope to, to use them to, to accomplish all the potential that Kodesh Baruch expects of me. So Dafka, the Aleph, the head, the first, the leader, that's small. The Aleph Zeira. Moving right over. Let's go further in the Pasuk. Oh, so far what we did was the first word. First word. Vayikra Moshe. Hashem calls to Moshe. Rashi. What does Rashi say? Hashem called to Moshe. Second Rashi on the Parsha. Vayikra el Moshe. Hakol holech umagia la'aznav. Moshe was outside and the voice of God, as it were, came to Moshe. Moshe heard it. V'chol Yisrael lo shomin. And the rest of the Jewish people did not hear it. Nobody else heard it. Only Moshe. Yochol af. Sorry. Yochol af lahafsakos. He says, even lahafsakos tiyakriya. Rashi says, he says, oh, continue. That's not the part. I'm sorry. I wanted to, uh, to read. I'm sorry. The next Rashi. Me'ohel Moe. Milamein. Shehoya hakol nifsak velohaya yotei chutz la'ohel. The kol went out from the ohel moe. What does that mean? That it, the kol went, it didn't go out of the ohel. He heard it from the ohel. Yochol mipnei shehakol namuch. You might think it couldn't be heard outside the ohel moe because it was a weak voice. It was a soft voice. Tamalomar es hakol. No. The voice. The voice. What does that mean? Ma'u kol. This is the call that we talk about and we daven every Friday night. Kol Hashem Bakola, Kol Hashem Bahadur, Kol Hashem Shover Arazim. It was a very strong call. Imkein Lamanemar Me'oha Moed. So what does it mean from the Oha Moed? Melamed Shahoya Hakol Nifsak. It was a very loud voice, but it stopped right when it got to the door of the Oha Moed. That's Rashi. As the Darke Musr, what is this Rashi telling us? What is this Chazal telling us? It sounds like that there was a miracle here. Right? There was this very loud voice of God, and miraculously, it was only heard till the edge of the doorway of the Oel Moed, and then you couldn't hear it outside. What was the use of that miracle? If Hashem only wanted the voice to go till that edge, till that doorway, so why do you have to give such a loud voice, Kaviyachal, whatever it means, God's voice, such a loud voice, and they can make a miracle to make it stop. Just make a lower voice. Why, why, why didn't? What do you need this miracle for? Line four. We're in source number seven now. Lechoret sarech lohavin imakol hayakol kachazak. If this voice was so strong, lama asa kadosh baruch hu neis shenipsak hakol. Follow enos and neis bechdi. You don't do a neis for nothing. There must be a reason or a purpose. Either don't make it such a loud voice. Or if it's a loud voice, so let it be heard outside. What was so bad? The Yeshlama. Says the Daki Musar of Naiman. There was no miracle here. There was no miracle. 
it was a loud voice and it couldn't be heard outside, but those two statements don't contradict each other. Why? Ki k'day l'shmoa es kol Hashem, what does it mean it stopped at the doorway of the Olamoid? It means in order to hear the voice, a person had to be in the state of Kedusha as if you were in the Olamoid. Then you could hear the Kol Hashem Edaber. Meaning, you got to be on God's frequency to hear the voice. God can be screaming, but if I'm not on the right frequency... I'm not going to hear you. Imagine. You can, it could be the most unbelievable inspirational speech on the radio. Unbelievable. This speech makes people cry, makes people change their life. But if I'm not listening to that station, I'm not going to be inspired. I'm just not going to hear it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is screaming out. His call is screaming. But only Moshe was on the right frequency. He was the only one. There wasn't a miracle here. You have to have the right ears. Right? Only Moshe's ears. You could the same sound, but only one of us would hear it and one of us would not. Because we're we're focusing on it. It's not because there was no Kal Hashem outside. That's not what the Medjish means, that it literally stopped. It stopped because nobody heard it. It was just that the Am Yisrael, the Jewish people, were lacking in their spiritual ear. And then he quotes, as I heard from Simcha Chazisel, he quotes... From the Besulah Sisharim also, from the Ramchal, the Navi screams out, line 12, listen, listen, the Navi screams out to us. Why don't we hear the screaming of the Navi? Why didn't we hear the screaming of the Navi? A Navi can be screaming, but if we're not focused, we're not going to hear it. Or, more well known, the Mishnah, the end of Pirkei Yavos, Perik Vav, Amr Bishu Ben Levi, Bechol Yom Vayom, Basko Yotzeis Nearchorev, every day, a voice, a heavenly voice goes out from Harsinai, Umachrezes Vaomeres, and screams out and says, Oilohem Librios, Mealbonishal Torah. Woe to me that people don't respect me. People don't follow my guidelines. Every day the Mishnah says, A Baskal, a heavenly voice goes out. Why haven't we ever heard it? It says it, it says it in the Rabbi Shubin Levi. It's not lying. Why don't we hear the Baskal? Because we're not attuned. We don't hear it, it hears it every day. We don't have the right ears. We're not on the right channel. There are so many examples of this. The Gemara in Bracha says, unbelievable, the Gemara in Bracha says, why is there thunder and lightning in the world? Oh, because there's heat and there's electricity and the Gemara says, Lamaisa, why did Hashem create thunder and lightning? To instill awe in the creations of the world. That's what is thunder and lightning. To straighten out the crookedness of the heart. Says Rav Naiman, says the Daki Musser. When was the last time we got Yerat Shamayim from thunder and lightning? Sometimes we do if it's a really bad storm. But it should be automatic. Nifla Dovor, Kiar Kidekah, 
It's so there for us to take. Misugao, Lashpia, Koram, just the thunder. Thunder could give us your Hashemayim. If we would just be open to it, and we would open our ears and our hearts and our minds. That is supposed to straighten, meant to hopefully straighten the, the crookedness of our hearts. And to, and to make us another person. Just hearing thunder. Just listening a little to the Bosco. Moshe Rabbeinu was the only one that heard it. There wasn't a miracle. It was just that he was the only one that was focused. We've touched on this many times in the past based on the Gemara and Tainus, but it's been a while, so we'll do it again. Tainus Chafal of source number eight. The Gemara tells us the story of Ilfen Rabbi Yochanan. They were learning. It was time for them to leave. It was time for them to leave Ilfen Rabbi Yochanan. Leave the yeshiva where they were learning. And they were on their way back. And the Gemara describes that they took a rest on their way back. Way back, they took a rest and they, they were sleeping next to a bridge. And all of a sudden, there were two angels in heaven that were talking to each other. And one says to another, let's drop the bridge on these people because one of these people is supposed to be the next God of Adar. He's not supposed to leave the yeshiva yet. He's going to be the God of Adar. And the other angel said, no, 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 just let them be, let them be. And all of a sudden, Rabbi Yochanan wakes up in a sweat and says, Ilfa, do you hear that? And Ilfa says, no, I didn't hear anything. What are you talking about? Go back to sleep. Rabbi Yochanan says, did you hear that? And Ilfa says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Line 10, Rabbi Yochanan Shama, Ilfa Lo Shama. Rabbi Yochanan heard it and Ilfa didn't. Rabbi Yochanan Le Ilfa, Shama Marmidi. Did you hear anything, my friend Ilfa? Amar Le. Interesting, Ilfa, we were just talking about Aleph. Ilfa. Amar Le Lo, I didn't hear anything. Amar, Rabbi Yochanan says to himself, Mi Dashami Ana. The Ilfa Lo Shama, if I heard that Ilfa didn't hear, they must be talking about me. They must be talking about me. And Rabbi Yochanan went back and became the God of Adar. And throughout Shas, one time right here in the continuation, whenever Ilfa is mentioned, he feels bad. He feels bad that he didn't hear. And he even says, you know, and they say, and they say the Gemara seems to say that Ilfa was just as great as Rabbi Yochanan, the author of the Talmud Yerushalmi. And Ilfa used to test the other rabbis of the generation. He used to sit on the edge of a boat and say, you give me any brysa, I'll tell you where the source for it is in the Mishnah, and if not, I'll jump off the boat. I mean, he was so, such a great Talmud Chacham. That's the Gemara. Ask the Bali Musser, why is Ilfa faulted? So he didn't hear the, he didn't have that dream. He didn't have the, only Rabbi Yochanan had the dream about the angels. So why was it Ilfa's fault? The answer is the same answer that we're saying on our Pasik. Both of them could have had the dream. Both of them could have heard the angels. But only Rabbi Yochanan was tuned in. Only Rabbi Yochanan was listening. He was the only one on the divine frequency. That's Moshe Rabbeinu. In that generation, at that stage, from the Omoe, he was the only one. But in all generations, we have to, we have to open up our ears, open up our eyes. We hear thunder. He even says... Rahman al-Islan, the last couple of lines he says, the Gemara Mishnah tells us in Makis, we know it, a well-known Mishnah, if one, one opinion is if Bezin kills somebody once every seven years, it's terrible. It's, an, it's too much. And then the next opinion says once every 70 years. Once every 70 years. And then sometime, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Tarfid, we would, if we were on this edge, we would never kill anybody. 
One person in 70 years. Says the Darki Musr, why is it that Rahman al-Islan, every year, every week, every month, we hear of Jews bitsaris, Jews being killed, Jews, and it doesn't affect us for more than a little while. It should change who we are. It should, it should make us open up our ears, open up our eyes and realize something is happening. I don't know exactly which event he's referring to when he wrote this. That's obviously a certain time in history. It doesn't say a date. But the message is we have to open up our ears and make sure we're on the proper channel. Like Moshe Rabbeinu, Vayikra al Moshe, we have to try to hear it as well. We have to make sure that we are attuned. Okay. Moving right along. So, we had Vayikra al Moshe. Let's stay with that first phrase. Like we said, the first Pasuk is going to be most of our discussion. Vayikra al Moshe, we spoke about the little Aleph, we spoke about the Rashi. Now let's focus on a Baal HaTurim. Very interesting Baal HaTurim. Always leaves more to figure out ourselves than he explains. The Baal HaTurim, as we know, is written by the Tur. The Tur has a commentary on Chumash. The Tur, the famous Baal HaTurim. He has a commentary on Chumash, which is mostly based on the Ramban. The Ramban's commentary is expanded. It has a lot of ideas from the Ramban. But he also wrote a separate little sefer that goes along with the main Tur Al HaTorah, the Baal HaTurim. It's quoted in the beginning of source number nine. The Lakav Alib of quotes the Balaturim right at the beginning of the of his piece. Vayikra El Moshe says the Balaturim, Rashi Tevos Emo, Vav Aleph Mem Vayikra El Moshe, his mother. Vayikra El Moshe. That's it. That's the whole Balaturim. Vayikra El Moshe, Rashi Tevos Emo. So what exactly? How are we supposed to understand the Balaturim? Right, that's the second Balaturim we read tonight. The first one was the Al of Zeira. And now we have Rashi Tevis Ima. What does that mean? So let's read a Lekach Mahalibuf. This also relates to Inyana Diyoma, Adar, Purim coming up. That's next week. I didn't mention it before. Next week, that's when the Shia will be on Monday night. And we'll talk Inyana Purim as well. That'll be the Shia before, the Shia before uh, Parsha Zachar and Purim. Okay. Isa Bachazal, line four on the right side. Amr Rabbi Ada, Baal Pikdono Sani, Amalek Hifkid Etzli Chavilo Shokotzim, Vexerlo Akarish Baruch Chavilo Shokotzim. Amalek left thorns, and Hashem gave him back thorns. What does that mean? Let's continue. Pakati as Asher Asa Amalek Li Yisrael, Sara Hifkid Etzli Mitzvos Umaisim Tovim, Hexerlo Akarish Baruch Mitzvos Umaisim Tovim. Hashem pakad et Sarah. So some play on words with pakadati and pakad, but the Medrash is saying there is some type of connection between Amalek and Sarah Imenu. Somehow Sarah Imenu represents a power that could overpower Amalek. Right, the thorn, Sarah comes, Hashem pakad et Sarah, and that is pakadati, the Pasik, by Shaul HaMelech, Amalek Israel. So what is the message? What is the koach of Sarah Imenu that can help defeat Amalek as we get to this time of year? And as we know, it's not only here. Remember the medrash that is spoken about in many shuls, Parshas Chayasara. Rabbi Akiva was giving shir, line 16. Rabbi Akiva, Yoshi Rabbi was giving shir, and we shouldn't think it's a new phenomenon. People, Talmudim were falling asleep in the middle of shir. And he didn't have any chalk to throw at them. 
and maybe he lived he lived before the chalkboards. And we live now after the chalkboards. Now we have smart boards. Bikish Lawaran. And he wanted to wake them up. So what could Rabbi Akiva do? So Omar, Marasa Esther Shatimloch Hashem of Yesra Medina, in whose chus, what's parallel to the 127 provinces that Esther Amako was queen over? Tavo Esther. Esther should come, who is the great, 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 great granddaughter of Sarah Imenu, who lived for 127 years, and she will rule over 127 Medinos. So again, Sarah Imenu, connected to the Purim story, connected to Amalek, to overcoming Amalek. We have the Medrash in the Psukim, Pakopa Kanati, and we have the Rabbi Akiva invoking Sarah Imenu relating to Amalek. So what is it? Says the Halekha Fahaliba, says Rabbi Avram Shor. Before we get to the answer, another question. Pasuk says at the end of Chayisara, Avraham, line 23, to the children of the Pilachim. Major says that was Hagar. Pasuk says, the end of Chayisara, it's the, uh, the um, psukim that describe Avram Avinu sending them, sending them away. Rashi says something there that we don't usually think about too much. What did he give them? Rashi quotes, Shem Tumah Masar Lahem. He didn't give them a nice present. Shem Tumah. What does that mean? What does that mean? So he quotes that he heard from a footner once at a Shev, at a Simchas Beis HaShoeva, the following thought. So it's really from a footner. Ubizachrani Shebir Oz, line 33. Said Rav there are two covenants. There are two Brito, two Brisos that we have. Yesh Bris Avos, the Yesh Bris Imahos. We have the Bris of the fathers, the forefathers, and we have the Bris of the mothers. Avim Yisav Yaakov, Sarah Rivka Rachavaleya. The Yesh Lekol Echad Avodam Yuchedes. Each Bris that we have Yarshend from our Avos and Imahos have a unique element to it. There's a special Koach to the Avos, and there's a special Koach of the Imahos. What is that? Koach Avos Akadoshim Hu Ba'asei Tov. Line 35, the Koach of the Avos is what we would call Asei Tov, going out and having a tremendous Hashpa'ah, going out and affecting, going out and spreading Avram Avinu with the spiritual parade. HaMesorah Shal HaAvos Midar Ladar that's the avos, the going out and the spreading. The imos have a different avoda and taught us a different avoda. What does surmeira mean in this context? The ability of discernment. The ability to see beneath the surface of events, of personalities, of recognizing the true meaning of what's going on. That's the bris imahos. Liros ulahavchin bein ralatov. V'lishmar eschomas habayish sheishar b'ktushaso. And the mother, who as we know is the foundation of a house, the akaris habayish. The mother's the one that creates the environment of the house. That's why she lights the candles Friday night. That's the environment. She symbolizes that. She what, what is needed for that, first and foremost, it's not about hashpal and about influencing. It's about discerning 
dangerous elements in a house and pushing them out and not letting them in and creating a house based on Kedusha Vitara. Not letting strange anti-Torah forces into the house. That's the godless of the Imahos. What did the Imahos do? Right, even, like Avram Avinu said in his Hespin on Sarah, Chazal say, right, the different Midrashim, where the source for Eishas Chayil is. One of the sources, obviously Shlomo Melech put it in Mishlei, but one is that that was the Hespin that Avram gave for Sarah Imenu. Eishas Chayil Miyimsa. So in Eishas Chayil, we know we have the Pasuk, Darshat Semeru Fishtim. She Darshat Semeru Pishtim. Wool and linen. What does the Medrash say on Semeru Pishtim? Yitzchak v'yishmael. What did Sari Imenu do? Yishmael, you have to leave. What did Hashem say? Listen to your wife. She knows Yitzchak and Yishmael are kelayim. She's able to discern. She's able to, to focus. Garesha ma'azos vespina. He evina, she understood. Ki Yishmael and Yitzchak. Heim kemo kelayim. She darshined. She learned the proper understanding of the situation. That's that's the med, that's the two types of brisos that we have. The bris of the avos, the going out, the asitov, the piling on Torah and mitzvos and learning. And then you have the bris of the imahos, the ability to discern right from wrong, the ability to set up a household, to form the basis. V'lachein, top of the second column, so the Avram Pachad Yitzchak says at the end of Chayisara, what is Avram sending Bnei Keturah out for? He no longer has a Sara. So he has to be on such guard. Sarah died at the beginning of the Parsha. Shaya az matzav shal avos blimos. It was only the avos. There were no imos. Kikvar ha'isalach ha'ptira sari meinu. Actually, he didn't, his wife. Lo ha'yal Avram ate sarak l'shachem yal Yitzchak v'no. He says, I, I, I don't have that power. I just, I just can't have you near my son. I learned from my wife already. That's the power of discernment. Line 10, and this is something that's passed on to every Jewish female. This bris imahos, the ability to be able to, to see underneath the situation. The Gemara even says in Brachas, I might add, he doesn't quote it here. The Gemara says in the first Barak in Brachas that women are able to figure guests out more than men can. It says, the, the Isha is makaris yoser b'orachim. The Gemara says it. The same ability of discernment, the ability of keeping what's good in the house, the instinct. That's the avoda. And so where does this come from? One more step before we come full circle. Where does this come from? This ability to discern, it comes from a deep, internal Yerushalayim. An Yerush Hashem that is natural, that is even more natural to a female, Chazal tell us. Not for now, but that's Shasani Kirtsono. There's a more natural connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the true Yira. What does it say in the beginning of Shmos? Fatirena hamiyaldos eso elokim. They knew that this is what they had to do, but it was all at root Yira Shamayim. If somebody has real, true, deep Yira Shamayim, then everything will be put through the filter of Sir Meirah. The filter of, if, is, this, is this okay for me or is this poisonous for me? Year is the root. Now we continue before we get back to Amalek. He says, Balaturim, how does Vayikra start? Vayikra al Moshe. Emo. What's emo? 
What does the Medrash say? Many are familiar. Line 27. There was an ancient minhag, and some even do it today. Not such a popular minhag, but some have it. It was an ancient minhag. But the first thing that is taught in yeshiva is Sefer Vayikra. Why Vayikra? Because it's all about the Karbanos and the Beis Hamikdash and Tara. Let the Tahorim be Osek and Taras and Kadshim. Let the most pure come and learn about the most pure. That's what the Sefer is about. How fitting then is that the hint in the first three words in this Sefer is about the Imahos, about his mother, Vayikra Moshe. It's about the mother, because the mother is the one that forms the basis for the Tahara. The Yira, that's her focus. The Yira, which is the root of the bris of the Imahos. That is what allows the children to be Tahorim and to be involved in Tahara. That's the Imo, the Imo in the beginning of the Parsha. And just to end with, he says, what does it say about Amalek? We're going to read it next Shabbos. Veloyare Elokim. He, they did not have Yerushalayim. They couldn't tell right from wrong. They just went. They wanted to remove Yerushalayim from the whole world. And that's why Sari Imenu Badafka is the one that's able to conquer. Because her brisimos, the, the root of what she, her power is Yira, she overcomes Amalek. That's Rabbi Akiva giving Shia mentioning Sari Imenu. That's the power, that's the connection of Sari and the brisimos to Amalek. Okay. Moving right along, one more thought on the Parsha, and then just to end with a story about the Haftorah. The Medrash tells us at the beginning of the Parsha, of Vayikra, again, there's a lot of details of Karbanos, which we're not going to get to this year. We've discussed it in the past five years. But this year we're focusing on more general ideas related to the Parsha. The Medrash tells us at the beginning of Vayikra, we discussed this Medrash a couple of years ago in, in Parsha Shmos, but the Medrash is really right here. Parsha of the Yikra, the matters in the top of source number 10. Esther, Shemos, Nikru, Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu had 10 names. Yeret, Chever, Yikutia, Lavigdar. Many names. Tuvia. Many names Moshe Rabbeinu had. But Moshe stuck. That's the one that stuck. What's so special about Moshe? Vayikra el Moshe. On that Pasik, why is that the name that stuck? The one that obviously we know, Basia called him. Basia was Paro, a non-Jewish woman and Paro's daughter. That's the name. Says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz. Baruch Hashem, we're trying to make Achdus and Klal Yisrael. Tonight we had Rav Cook and Rav Chaim Shmulevitz and, and the Rav Avram Shor and, and the Rambam and the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He's trying to get about everybody. Kubo Torah. line five. Inyan Hashem ulitayro lahagres mahuso shal dover ve'echuso. A name of a person or an item is a reflection of its essence, as many describe on Parsha's Bereshus. When Hashem brought every item to Adam to give it a name, that wasn't coincidentally a call of this. No, that was the name that was identifying its mahus. The chamor is the chamor, the sus, the gamal, everything is the name. So what's Moshe? How does Moshe reflect Moshe's essence, especially coming from Basparu? Yes, we don't have time to read it all, but says of Chayesh Malevitz is right here, Venera Levar, line 24. The act of Basia was represented an unbelievable act of Mesiris Nefesh. 
She was the daughter of Paro. Paro made the decree to throw all the boys into the river. And she, the daughter of the king, is going to save a Jewish boy. Unbelievable. Mesiris Nefesh. And that's Moshe. She violated her father's decree. His edict. Because this act to Moshe was done with Mesiris Nefesh, that had an influence on Moshe. Because, says Rav Chayesh an act that's done to a person, for a person, on a person, has an effect on that person. Mesiris Nefesh done to Moshe gives Moshe the koach of Mesiris Nefesh. That's why he's named Moshe, because Moshe is all about Mesiris Nefesh. He gave his life for Klal Yisrael. He gave his life for Klal Yisrael. Remember the last years of his life? He didn't even have a normal family life. Because he needed to be the no Senat Torah. He had to be for 120 days on top of our Sinai, not eating, not drinking, not sleeping, being like an angel. He gave away his normal life for the good of Klal Yisrael. No greater Mesiris Nefesh in our history than Moshe Rabbeinu. Where did he get it from, at least partially? From the act of Basia. All the way at the beginning of his life when he was a little baby. And he quotes other examples of this. When Chesed is done to a person then they get that midah of chesed in a certain way. right? The source that we are Bali chesed, the Gemara tells us, he quotes, is that Hashem did chesed for us. That's what defines us as Bali chesed. And Moshe Rabbeinu, as we described, and as he describes, was tremendously Moshe Nefesh for sheep, for, for every little Jew. But that was Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's why he was called Moshe, because of this Mesirah Nefesh. Okay, just like to end with a story about a Pasuk in the Haftorah. Pasuk in the Haftorah, I gave you the same story, but two, two versions. One of them is in English, one of them is in Hebrew. One of them is from Rabbi Rakevet's book on Rav Salvechik from the first volume. And the second one is from the, one of the Svarim that they put out with the Gruz Thoughts Ala Torah. And it's on the Haftorah. The Haftorah this week is from Yishayo, Perak Mem Gimel. And there we have the Pasuk in the middle of the Haftorah. I'll read you the Pasik. Perek Mem Gimel Pasik Vav. Hashem Melech Yisrael Vigoalo Hashem Tzvako. So says God, the Redeemer of Israel. Ani Rishon Vi Acharon. Umibiladai Ein Elokim. God says, I'm first and I'm last. And there's no other God besides me. That's the Pasik. We say a version of this in, in Ezra Savosenu every morning. That's the Pasuk. So the story is told. Rav Salvechik told over this story in a shir. He says he quotes this story from his father who heard it from his grandfather, Reb Chaim, or heard it from the Beis HaLevi, or heard it in the name of Reb Chaim Yivalashin, who was the Talmud of the Grah. There was a famous righteous convert, Vilna's righteous convert, that was the son of a great count, Count Pataki, he quotes the whole story here, one of the leading aristocrats of Poland. And this son converted to Judaism. He was a Gert Sedek. And the story goes that he was in private, that he was hiding it. But eventually, eventually, word got out based on a story. You could read it here. And he was sentenced to death. And they tried to convince him otherwise, convince him otherwise. And in spite of his high birth, he was sentenced to death 
which was going to be on the second day of Shavuos, Yom Tov Sheini, second day of Shavuos, in 1749, in the cathedral square in front of the cathedral in Vilna. And the night before, he was going to be Moser Nefesh for being a Jew. The Gro went to visit him. Gro went to visit him. And the Gro saw that he was crying. And the Gro asked, are you crying because you're scared? You're scared? You're nervous? He says, no. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm shalem with that. I'll tell you why I'm crying. I know the halacha. The Gemara says in Yavamas, Gershon is guy dummy. A convert has no relatives. I don't have any children, he tells the girl. And halachically, I'm not related to my parents. Who am I going to be with in the future? Who am I going to be with in the next world? I have no family. I'm alone. I'm going to be alone eternally. Who am I going to be with? He asked the girl. And the Groh, without batting an eyelash, quotes the Pasuk from Arav Torah. And the Medrash on the Pasuk. If you want to see the Medrash in Hebrew inside, look at the next source turning over. The Medrash says, Ani Rishon va'ani acharon. What does that mean? Ani Rishon, I am first she'en li'av. I have no father, Hashem says. Va'ani acharon she'en ben. I am acharon, I have no son. What does that mean? God has to tell us that he doesn't have a father, he doesn't have a son? Says the Grud is a mistake in the Medrash. It should read, Ani Rishon Vani Acharon, Ani Rishon Lemi She'ein Lo Av. Ani Acharon Lemi She'ein Lo Ben. I am the father to those who don't have fathers. And I am the son to those who don't have sons. Said the Gerd Sedek of Vilna. Eliyahu Nichamtani, Eliyahu Nichamtani, Gra, Vilna Gon, you have comforted me. And that's the Medrash. For any orphan, for any child, he didn't have any halachically. Kodesh Baruch was with those who think they're alone. Ani Rishon v'ani Acharon. The Gra says this is the promise of Kodesh Baruch Hu. And the Rav, Rav Salvechik, says that he always thinks of that story when he says Malchias on Rosh Hashanah. When we say this entire Pasuk, we have to realize that Kaddish Baruch Hu is with all of us, especially with those who feel alone and are alone. Kaddish Baruch Hu is in charge. Let's all focus on that Pusik as we hear it in Aftar of the Shabbos. Okay, we'll stop here. Let's have next week, uh, Monday night. Monday night, uh, right here, Parsha Saf.